This morning, some of us were in Dundonald Presbyterian Church worshipping with them, and they sang a song before the sermon that I've never heard before, and uh, I'll be speaking to Colin because I think we need to sing it here, but I'm just going to use the words from that song to pray as we come tonight to look at God's words. Let's pray together. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world, where'er we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, O oh, let the ancient words impart. Our Father, we have come tonight with open hearts to hear your ancient words, and so speak to us, we pray, through them in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, thousands of people were running past the front of our church, finishing the Belfast Marathon. And Marathon, you probably know, it's from the ancient Greek world where a man, I have to, try, have to look at his name to pronounce it, called oh, Phidippides. Have I got that right? Any teachers know? Great, none of you know. That's great. So Phidippides, he was a soldier on the front in the Battle of Marathon, and the Greeks won the battle, and he ran back 25 miles to Athens to tell the news. So that's where the marathon came from, 25 miles from Marathon to Athens. What people don't tell you is that he actually collapsed and died after doing that, but, but that's, that's what happened. But you're probably wondering, well, Marty, 25 miles, but the marathon's 26.2. How did we get the extra 1.2 miles? Well, in 1908, when the Olympics was in London, the Queen asked if they could add a little bit extra onto the marathon so that her children could see it take place. And so from that moment on, from 1908, it was 26.2. And did you know that there's actually a marathon where people run against horses? It's true, in Wales, there is a marathon where people run against horses and two times humans have won. And the last marathon fact is this. There is a world record for running a marathon backwards. And the record time, this is incredible, for running a marathon backwards, it's only three hours and 43 minutes. Unbelievable. But Marty, why on earth are you talking about a marathon? It's because in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, Paul refers to the Christian life as a race. And the race that he's referring to, it's not a sprint, it's not 100 meters and you're done. It's not 12.2 seconds or 10 seconds. The race he's referring to is a marathon. The Christian life is like a marathon. It's a long, 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 long run. It's a lifelong run. For Jean, it started out at 13 and it's still going. You can tell me whenever the date was that you became a Christian, but right now you're in the race of the Christian life. You're running the race following Jesus. You're living life as a follower of Christ on this earth. And the race doesn't finish. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And Paul, in the book of Hebrews, he calls us to keep on running the race, to run with perseverance. Now, there are some weird people here this evening. Craig's one of them. Sorry, Craig. But these people actually enjoy running. 
I have to say, I don't get it. But if you speak to Craig, he will testify that you can actually enjoy a run. There are some people this morning, and they've just run 26.2 miles. And if you speak to them, they're buzzing. It was brilliant. It was wonderful. I don't know what's wrong with these people. But there are some people, and they enjoy running. And that's true of the Christian life, isn't it? There are times on the journey where we're walking on air. Being a Christian is one of the most wonderful things there is. We know God, we enjoy him, we, we see him at work in our lives, we know his blessing, we have purpose, we have friends, we have community. Being a Christian, the run of the Christian life is so often wonderful and fantastic and brilliant. <laughs> But for most of us, running a marathon ain't so hot, is it? You see, for the elite athletes, running a marathon is wonderful and fantastic. But for everyday person, for the guy who's running for charity and didn't even manage to get his training finished, that was pretty tough today. It was difficult. It was hard going. There were places he, he wanted to give up. There were places he, he had to stop for a rest. There were places he was really feeling it in his muscles. There were times it was hard going. And I think for many of us, we can relate to that maybe more than we can relate to the, the running on air side of being a Christian. Sometimes it is hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to, to keep trusting God's word when everyone around us tells us that we're stupid for doing so. Sometimes it's hard to keep believing God's promises when the promises seem to be taking forever to be fulfilled. Sometimes it's hard to keep loving our neighbors whenever they continue to be difficult to love. Sometimes it's hard to keep praying for things, wondering when those prayers are going to be answered. Sometimes the race of the Christian life is just really, really hard. Maybe you're finding that tonight. Some of you, I hope, are running on air. But my guess is that for many of you just now, you're just trudging along. You're in the marathon and you feel it and it is hard and you're struggling and maybe you even feel like you're about to hit a wall. Maybe you've actually even just stopped. You're here tonight, but, but you've stopped. You're struggling. Well, the good news is that this passage, this passage tonight is for you. It's for those of you who are struggling. It's for those of you who are finding it tough just now. And if you're not finding it tough, come back and listen to the podcast when you are, because it's for you whenever you're going through that difficult, difficult time. So what does Paul say? Well, the first thing he says is this. He says, let us run with, to go back to the last one. <laughs> he says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And there's two things I want you to notice just now. And the first is in the second half of this verse, the race marked out for us. I don't know what time they did it, but the organizers of the Belfast Marathon at some point went out overnight and they marked out the course. At the end of my street, there was a road close sign. You couldn't get on to the Castlereagh Road. And all around the city of Belfast, they marked out the course. 
The course was set. The 26.2 miles were set with the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and the, the flat bits and the difficult bits. The course was set. And what I want to encourage you with tonight is that whatever you're finding difficult just now, whatever obstacles you're facing, whatever hardship you're going through, that is part of the course that God has for you. You're not off track. You're not receiving punishment from God. You're not far from God's will. God has set the course of your life with the wonderful flat bits and the beautiful views, but also the big hills and the rocky places and the difficult places. And I just want to assure you tonight that whatever it is you're finding difficult in your life or in your Christian life in particular, it's not a surprise to God. It's part of the course he has for you. And it's a difficult part of the course. I get that. But reassured tonight, it's part of the course. So what do we do when the, the course is difficult? Well, Paul says that we're to do something. We're to run with perseverance. We're to have a mindset of perseverance. Perseverance keeps going, doesn't it? Perseverance says, whatever come I come up against, I'm going to keep going. I might crawl along in the race. I might limp along in the race. I might need someone to come and just carry me for a bit. But whatever happens, I'm going to keep going. That's perseverance. And Paul says that's how we're to run the race of the Christian life. With this mindset that whether I'm limping or crawling or simply being carried along, I'm going to keep living for God. I'm going to keep obeying him. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep serving him. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to run with perseverance. So Paul says, have that mindset. If you're finding it tough tonight, if you're struggling tonight, have the mindset of perseverance. If you need a hand, reach out to someone and ask them to limp along with you and help you on the journey. But whatever you do, Paul says, run with perseverance. And then what Paul does is he, he gives us some key things that we're to do if we're to keep going, if we're to make it to the end of the race, if we're to persevere as Christians, if we're to go through the ups and downs and difficulties of life as followers of Christ, he then gives us a couple of keys to keep on going. And the first key is this. He says, go on to the next slide there, let us throw off everything that hinders. Do you see it in the text there? Let us throw off everything that hinders. Um, in the ancient world, the men used to wear like robes. Uh, and what they used to do was, the, you know, so imagine kind of like, you know, it's not a dress, it's manly, you know, it's a robe. But what they used to do is they used to gird up their loins. You've heard that sound before, haven't you? So what they used to do, they, get the, get, they used to get the robe and they used to gird it up here and they used to kind of wrap it around, you know, up here. And then they used to get it and they used to wrap it up around here. So they kind of had shorts on, you know. But I mean, this, this was robes. These were heavy. And if you ran in robes, even if they were girded up, they were still pretty heavy. They slowed you down. And so do you know what they used to do in the Olympics? Get rid of them. 
They ran in the buff. Thankfully, not anymore. But the, anything, the robes that hindered them, the robes that, that would have weighed them down, the heavy robes that would have slowed them down, they got rid of these. Now, the robes were good, you know? Nothing wrong with the robes. But they got rid of them because they hindered them. It's really interesting if you ever have heard of MAF, um, Mission Aviation Fellowship. They, they go out in Africa and they deliver medical supplies and they do all of these wonderful things in aeroplanes. But if you were to ever get on an MAF plane, you would be shocked because there's some, 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 some serious damage to the inside. They get these planes and there's these lovely comfortable seats in them. And there's these lovely, you know, hanging lockers and all these beautiful interiors. And what they do is they rip it all out. They take everything out of these planes. They strip it back to the bare bones. Why? Because the weight hinders them. They want to fill it with medical supplies and food and clothes. And added weight doesn't help. So they get rid of the extra weight. They get rid of whatever would hinder them in their work. And what Paul says is this. He says, if you want to keep going as a Christian, if you want to keep living for Christ, if you want to keep obeying God and living his ways and you want to keep going, then he says, strip off anything that hinders you. And that word hinders, it's this idea of holding you back. It's this idea of you're, you're trying to go forward, you're trying to follow Jesus, but there's things in there, they're pulling you the other way. And Paul says, whatever the things that hinder you are, Get rid of them. Pull your robes off. Get rid of them. Now, I cannot answer what those things are for you tonight. I don't know what they are for you. But I wonder if I was to ask you, what, what things are hindering you just now in your Christian life? What things are holding you back? What things are stopping you obeying God? What things are stopping you serving God? What things are, are just holding you back as a Christian? I wonder, could you name them? I sent out a little newsletter earlier in the week, you know, just to remind you that we weren't meeting this morning. And there's a couple of reflection questions in there. And one of them is that question. And I want to encourage you to, to go home tonight or tomorrow or some point during the week and to think about that. What good things might be hindering me in my walk with God? Is it the friends that you're with primarily? Is it the, the, the hobbies you have? Is it the things you watch on TV? I don't know what it is for you. But I, I want to encourage you on the back of this sermon, on the back of what Paul says, to, to ask God to reveal those things to you. And then to work out how you can get rid of them or how they can have less of a hold on you. Okay, what's tip number two then? He goes on and he says, don't just kind of get rid of the, the things that hinder you, the things that are weighing you down. But he also says to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. Do you see that there? Get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. Let's go back to the robes, okay? You've girded up your robes, okay? They're around your, your, your legs, and you're running, okay? You're on a journey, and you're running. This is very active tonight, isn't it? 
you're running along and, 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 and they become loose. So you're running, you're not aware they become loose, they fall down to the ground and what happens? They trip you up, don't they? They entangle your legs, they wrap around you and next thing you know you're kissing the dirt. You've hit your face. You've fallen over. They've entangled you and they've entangled you so much they've just knocked you out of running altogether. And this is what Paul says that sin can do. He says that, that sin, and, and he's talking about specific sins here, because he says, he says the sin. So he's not talking about sin in general, but he's saying that for, for each of us, there are particular sins that can have such a grip on us and can entangle us to such an extent that they can stop us from running the race. Or they can slow us down so much that it's almost like we're not running anymore. Again, I don't know what that sin is for you. I can't see your hearts. I don't know what it is. But Paul says whatever that sin is that has the ability to stop you or to slow you down to such an extent that you might as well not be living for Jesus. He says, whatever that sin is, get rid of it. Dump it. Take it off. <laughs> A lot of thinking about taking this off tonight. Take it off and throw it away. Get rid of the sin that so easily entangles you and causes you to stumble or to stop or to stall or to slow down and may actually be threatening to cause you to stop altogether. What is that sin for you? This week, take some time and pray and think about that. So two things to dump. Whatever's hindering you, whatever that sin that entangles you is. But then he tells us to do something. And he tells us to fix our eyes on something. And he tells us that to, to finish the race, to keep going, we're to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. To live the Christian life, to keep going, Paul says that we're to, to fix our eyes on Jesus, that we're to set our gaze on him, but he says that we're to consider two very specific things about Jesus. Do you see what they are? It's that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. What does that mean? What it means first of all, is that you're in the Christian race because Jesus shot the starting gun. The reason that you're a Christian is not because you chose Jesus. It's because he chose you. Jesus chose you. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus is the one who's brought you into the family of God. So as you're running the race, you have to remind yourself, I'm only in the race because Jesus put me in the race. He signed me to enter. He entered me. He entered me in the marathon. He filled in the forms. So you're in the race because Jesus has you in the race. So that's good news. But that second word, perfecter, do you know what the other translation of that word is? It's finisher. 
He's not just the one who starts us in the race. He is the one who will bring us to the end. He's the one who's going to meet us at the finish line. He's the one who's going to get us over the line. Whatever it takes, he is going to get us over the line. I saw this wonderful footage from the Barcelona Olympics. Uh, and it's someone, and they're in one of these races. And the man, he collapses, and he's just about 100 or 200 yards from the finish line. He collapses with exhaustion. His legs, you know, they're doing the Elvis legs. They've turned to jelly. And what's wonderful is that his dad at that point, his dad just runs onto the track. And his dad just lifts him up. And his dad just hobbles along with him. And his dad gets him over the line. And tonight I want to encourage you if you're struggling. If you feel like you're stalling. If you feel like you're limping. If you feel like you're crawling. If you feel like you're struggling to put one foot in front of the other. Tonight I want to encourage you to set your eyes on Jesus. Because he is going to get you over the line. And it might not look pretty sometimes. But he is going to get you over the line. You might feel like a rubbish Christian tonight. Jesus still is going to get you over the line. You might be going through a really difficult time and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this with my faith intact. Jesus is going to get you over the line. So set your eyes on him. And in those days when you question whether or not you're going to keep going, when, when you're really doubting, just remember that Jesus is going to get you over the line. Oh Lord Jesus, you know I'm struggling just now and you know I have no idea how I'm going to keep going. But today as I crawl along <laughs> with my knees bleeding, I'm going to trust that you're going to get me over the line. Thank you that this is just a difficult moment in the race. Thank you that it's not always going to be like this. And thank you that you're going to get me over the line. Paul says as well, don't just fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your face, but, but he goes on and he says this. Have a look at the next slide. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. As you run the race, remember that Jesus died for you. He died for you. He went to the, the cross for you. That's his commitment level to you. He died for you. And Christ is going to have the prize for which he died. He died to redeem you. He died to bring you to heaven. He died to give you eternal life. He died that he might get glory whenever you enter into heaven and look at him and say, thank you, Lord. He died for you. Remember that. Because that is another thing that we can cling to in those times. He died for you and he's going to get you over the line because you're precious to him. We're to persevere. We're to get rid of whatever hinders us. We're to get rid of the sin that entangles us and we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Tonight, I just want you to know that 
most of us are not the elite athletes. Most of us, you know, some of us maybe, not me, <laughs> maybe you, maybe you can just run the 26 miles and it's a breeze. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not jealous. But for most of us, we are the, the man running or the woman running for charity. We find it hard. We find it tough at times. We find it a battle at times. We find it painful at times. We struggle to know how we're going to keep going at times. And what I want to say is tonight, you need to know that's normal. Please, 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 if you hear nothing else, just hear that that's normal. That's not strange. That's not weird. That's normal in the Christian life. Normal to find it hard sometimes. Normal to struggle to keep going. And tonight I just want you to know that and be assured of that. Tonight, just one thing, one application, one thing to do. And it's this. Just put one step in front of the other. I have a friend who's a runner and she runs long distances and she doesn't find it easy. She finds it tough. And I remember asking her one time, like, how do you do it? And she says, I just focus on putting one foot in front of the other. I just focus on taking one step at a time. I don't think about the 26 miles. I don't think about four miles. She says, I think about one step in front of the other. That's all I think about. And tonight, I want you to go home and I just want you to think about the one step. What's just the one step just now that you need to take just to keep going? Maybe it's to pray for the first time in months. Just to talk to God for the first time in a long time. Maybe that's just your one step. Maybe it's to decide tomorrow to read the Bible for the first time in a long time. Maybe it's to talk to a Christian friend and just say, I'm struggling, will you pray for me? Maybe that's your step. Maybe it's to turn away or to start to turn away from one sin. Maybe a small one that you feel you probably could turn away with because the big ones are too hard just now. Maybe it's to get rid of one small thing that's hindering you. You know there's maybe a stack of things, but maybe it's just to focus on one. Tomorrow, will you take one step? That's all. And then after you take that step, will you take another one? And then another one, and then another one, and then another one. Because if you do that, do you know what you're going to do, my friends? You're going to persevere. One step at a time. Keep following Jesus.